We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. As always, we're brought to you and featuring Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWhiskey.com. It's the premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. We'd like to bring in a special guest to continue to celebrate overtime Malik, the original Lucky Lefty's birthday. is birthday week, and we bring in former Notre Dame running back Dexter Williams to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Dex, how you feeling, man? Yo, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How y'all guys doing? Happy man. birthday to my boy Malik. Man, you already know the vibes, man. What's up, man? We're doing good, doing good. I, I was actually getting my feet done. My girl, she was telling my feet was uh, looking a little rough, so she was like, "Man, get your feet done." But I'm finishing up, and you know, I'm excited about this podcast, and I'm excited to uh, get into this conversation with you guys. Man, hell yeah. First of all, your feet definitely needed. If anybody, your girl's doing it justice, <laughs> your feet probably the worst feet I've ever seen. But, you know, that's how you know you got the right one. That's how you got the right yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. You're right. <laughs> so how, how do you get them done? You get, like, the hot wax? You like the hot wax? Yeah, you got to get the hot wax. You got to get the hot wax and the hot stone. You got to. Oh, I feel like before treatment. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta treat the feet the feet good because you gotta realize we're on our feet all day, 24-7 to feel like. So gotta take care of your feet. That's right. What's the best part? Now this is crazy because maybe I'm different, bro. What's the best part of the pedicure? Man, I gotta say the hot wax part, man. I feel okay. like that just that just does it. it. Gets the feet to relax. I mean it feels good, get all that. Dirt, all the germs off the feet. It's just like it's like a a renewal. That's what it's like. Like you feel me? It's like getting a brand new car. Man. See, that's why I thought it's when they shaved the bottom of the things and you see all the sparks flying and stuff. No, that's no. when you get to the the nitty gritty. You know, real talk. That's my that's my favorite part, bro. Mm -hmm. When they get the paddle right before they put the wax on, they get the dead skin off. Man, when you get done with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You feel like you got two new feet. Yeah, you gotta exactly. play it cool and not laugh too loud though, because you're gonna come off the wrong way. <laughs> so stupid, man. <laughs> so stupid lucky. Man, man. It's crazy. You're a fool, man. 
<laughs> we got the former Notre Dame running back Dexter Williams on with us. So let's just talk about how things are going with you professionally and uh, how you holding up health-wise. I'm actually doing good. I'm very healthy right now. Um, I did a lot of bouncing around uh, this year. I was actually cut from the uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, I was with the Giants for a little bit, and then I went to the Browns. Then I went back to the Giants. Then I was with Miami Dolphins for a month, and then I actually finished the season off with the Browns. So I'm going to be doing this year with the Browns. And, you know, um, I feel like the Browns is, is going to be a great opportunity. It's a, it's a deep running back room as of now, but we know who knows how that's going to play out. And, you know, I never run from competition. I'm ready for it. And um, I, I just want to get out there and compete with those guys and just have fun and just do what we can do to win and just get that – just get the Browns organization back to uh, where it needs to be. And then right now we're just in that growing stage. So um, I can tell it's going to be big things, and I'm just a part of uh, – I'm just happy to just be a part of the organization right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. That's a pretty dramatic carousel you were on, my brother. The drama in Green Bay. You hit yeah. the drama in Miami. You, yeah. <laughs> you hit the drama in Cleveland. Went to New York. Good. Right. Mm -hmm. What was the moving like for you? You know, as a professional football player, now that moving is almost like next day, but you really across the country, all types of places. Oh yeah, it was next day. So like, as soon as I got cut from Green Bay, it wasn't. Um, it's was two days. I thought it was actually the end of the world once I got cut. I was like, man, it's over for me. <laughs> and then two days, it's two days. The next in about two days, I was in Green Bay. I remember it like yesterday. Um. It was one o'clock and I was talking to my mom and I was just like, man, I'm getting a call from New York and I pick it up. The Giants like, okay, uh, Dex, we're gonna bring you in. Uh, we wanna sign you. Uh, 
you got to get on the flight at 3.30. Uh, are you able to make the flight? Tell us where you're at. Make sure you pack a bag, do what you got to do. Uh, we're going to bring you in. You got a physical tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. And I was like, huh? Next thing you know, I was, I packed me a bag so fast. I was at the airport and I was on the flight. And we, I left everything, my house, everything that was in my house, my car, everything was left in uh, Green Bay. So while I was in New York, I'm trying to figure out how to get my stuff from Green Bay to New York. So my mom and my best friend, uh, they uh, helped me out. They get the whole house situated, get everything in storage. And then one of my friends, he brings a lot of my stuff to New York. So as soon as he brings my stuff to New York, I get cut from New York. So now <laughs> so my stuff is in New York. And I told myself from now on, I won't travel with as much stuff because you never know at the end of the day, it's a business. And that's yeah. what my, that was my side of, uh, I was getting that wake up call of that, uh, just that business side, just, jumping around just going through that journey and it, at the end of the day it was all fun like um it was hard just getting cut but at the end of the day just giving you all wherever you're at it was funny just being around new people getting a chance to see those new organizations and see how they're run and get a chance to compare them to all the other different teams you get to see the difference and and why teams are uh doing the things they're doing out there on the field so um it was it was it was crazy like the whole living situation, and then once that happened um at New York, I had to I got cut from New York. I had to bring all my stuff down to Florida. So me and my friend, my best friend again, uh, Squid. He goes by the name of Squid. One of my best friends. I love him, my boy. If he if he's watching, I'm pretty sure he's watching. He he normally tunes into everything. So um basically uh. I was down, I was down there. Um, I was on my way from uh, New York to uh, Florida and I had to bring all my stuff from New York to Florida. So I drove it down from New York all the way to Florida. It's a 17 hour trip, but it was actually a fun trip. I had my son with me. And so we got a chance to uh, sightsee. So we actually made it pretty fun. So it was kind of cool. We stopped in like maybe, we stopped at the, uh, uh, I believe it's the, uh, South of the border and South Carolina, North Carolina, I believe some some over there. We started and got a chance to see that. It was like a ghost town, but it was actually pretty cool just to go there. And we just stopped in Atlanta, stopped in a couple other different places, Tallahassee, just seeing family on the way, and it was just a pretty cool experience. Yeah, you really worldwide. I mean, that's especially when it's all come back to doing football. It's like your football tour. But what was yeah. that? What was the locker room like? You going from locker room to locker room. You really in deep with different guys. I mean, you in the NFL, so you seeing stars yeah. on every team. You like, damn, like what was that like gelling with different locker rooms during that transition? Um, I could say like, so when I was at Green Bay, Green Bay was like maybe the team I was on that had the most vets out of all of those teams I went to. So, you know, they had Aaron Rodgers. Um, when I got there, they had Jimmy Graham. They had uh, Mercedes Lewis. I, I believe he's still there. They had a lot of those guys. And um, a lot of those guys uh, helped bring a lot of the younger guys uh, along because they already knew the system. They've been in the game for 10, 12, 13 years plus and, um, and counting. And um, so it was just like it was an easy transition because you knew we had great leaders. And then when I was saying when I was at the other team, it was just like younger teams. So it was just like guys who was just like maybe five years in the league, maybe two, three years, just like a lot of younger teams. So it was just really, everybody's just really just getting out there and just trying to figure things that everyone is just still figuring things out. 
And um, so it was just kind of easy with the vets because they knew the, they knew everything and it was just they they was uh open arms and they took a lot of the guys and and that's why you can tell like Green Bay was doing a lot of winning and it was kind of hard at New York because just like the whole situation, a lot of guys being hurt. So um, it's just like it's just the way the cards fall in this game of football. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We have Dexter Williams on. What this talking? About his career right now, brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norawhiskey.com, the premium American whiskey at norawhiskey.com. You talk about, you know, that NFL carousel you were on. I want to ask you about, you went through some tough times in Notre Dame, adjusting, coming up, being a Florida guy, coming up to the cold, stepping into Notre Dame, stepping into competition with that running back room. But you found your way, and you established mm-hmm. yourself as one of the best running backs to ever come through South Bend. How did that entire experience prepare you for what you're currently going through in the NFL? Um, I feel like it prepared me the best way because, like, just being at Notre Dame, like, I didn't come in that guy. Like, I had to work for my spot, like, and it was just, like, I didn't have that much time, I felt like. And still in the NFL, just, like, at any given time, um, it was just like I had to be ready. And I learned that at Notre Dame. Just because I wasn't playing, at any given time a guy can go down, at any given time a coach can just call you and just next thing you know you can be in the game. And I just knew like at any given time at Notre Dame to take a full advantage of my opportunity. So I knew every time I got a chance to take the field, I wanted people to remember my name. And I feel like I still carry that from Notre Dame with me now. Um, the same work ethic, the same uh, the knowledge that I gained at Notre Dame, the knowledge that I'm gaining from the Jets and NFL. I try to just take a lot of different things and uh, apply it to my game and apply it in a classroom with football. So, um, yeah. How much more have you thought about the money now that you're in the business and realizing that it's just more than, you know, getting first downs? Have you been more uh, thoughtful of how you move in the NFL with the business and trying to you know, make money as you transition in team to team? Yeah, you definitely have to uh, think about the money side of uh, football because now it's a business. So you have to be smart with your money. You also, um, like me, uh, my situation, like my family, I'm a, a very family-oriented guy. So a lot of things I try to do, I try to uh, want to take care of my family and try to do a lot of things for my family. So everything I really try to do is just, you just got to really be smart about the way you use your money because at the end of the day, it's a lot of money and a lot of guys in the NFL are young. And if you don't learn a lot of these things at an early age or like go through some of these experiences with money that a lot of guys maybe don't have or come from money, um, you have to learn from those experiences in, in order to grow. Because at the end of the day, this is fast money and then you're getting it at a young age and you still have 50 plus years ahead of you ahead of you if God gives us those years, you feel me? So it's like, um, you got to be smart and just continue to think about the years, the years later on in life and life after football. So, man, I think you're in Cleveland. You, you teamed up with Sheldon, right? Because isn't Sheldon in Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah, Sheldon's in Cleveland. Yeah, Sheldon's Big in Cleveland. Yeah. In Awusu. Awusu. Yeah, in Cleveland, too. Yeah. So, Awusu, man. He balled out last year, first year. But I want to go back for a second. You stood on the sideline and watched number 12 up in Green Bay. Just like 
how good is that dude? Forget watching on TV, just like seeing him every day in practice. Man, I'm gonna tell you right now. So I'm gonna just tell you a little quick story. This is uh this is my uh my first time getting in the huddle with 12. And um uh, I think um I think it was a joint practice, I believe. I'm not sure. But uh, if not, if it wasn't a joint practice, it was just a regular practice. So um, they called me in. There was uh, a lot of guys were hurt in practice that week. I believe Aaron Jones was down. Jamal was down. Um, a lot of guys were down. And I had to step up. I took the majority of the reps during uh, the practice that whole day. So it was a uh, high workload for me. So A-Rod, he called me in the huddle. He was like, look, man, um, Coach Carter played. And he kind of audible the play. He told me to run an angle route. And he was like, man, once you run this angle route, I want you to turn around. And you're going to catch this ball. As soon as you catch this ball, get vertical. And I promise you're going to be wide open. And all you got to do is just score. I don't know how this man seen all this happen before the play started, but exactly exactly how he drew up the play, exactly how he called it, that's exactly how he had to. I ran the route exactly how he wanted me to. Got my eyes around, caught the ball, and I was wide open. It was to the point I was running with the ball. I didn't even think. I wasn't even worried about scoring. I was like, how in the world did he know this? Like, how did he know I was going to be wide open and I was going to score? Like, it was just unbelievable. Like, everybody was clapping me and fluffing me on my head. Like, uh, and I just couldn't get it across my mind. I wasn't even excited about, like, what I had just did. I was just, like, amazed at, like, the way that he knew the game and how slow the game was to him. It was just, like, unbelievable. And I'm you guys see it every every day or Sunday, but the way he comes to practice each and every week is just unbelievable. Like it's like he barely makes mistakes. And it's crazy because you know it's something that we strive, we strive every day to be perfect. And this is a guy that comes to work like every day he's striving for that. He wants to be the best guy down the field. So the way he comes to work is just unbelievable. And it's just like he wants to see everybody around him get better. And he better everyone around him. So, A-Rod, yeah, he's that guy. You also got Matt LaFleur there. And I know he was at yeah. Notre Dame. There when he was there? Uh, no, he actually <laughs> left. He actually left once I came in. Yeah, he left once I came in. Yep. Okay. But even though, and, and, and having EQ there, I mean, EQ's been able to stick around. But what was that? relationship like with Matt LaFleur having some Notre Dame ties did y'all talk about it or he was so focused on like the Green Bay thing he was so focused on the Green Bay thing like he mentioned it one time he was like yeah that's just like it's good uh we have some you and the Notre Dame boys but it was just like only a one-time thing because he was just coming in it was just like the main goal was just to get Green Bay up and running so that yeah. was his main focus and um yeah, but um he always mentioned us Notre Dame guys and like he always kept us in tune with things. And, uh, he loves the Notre Dame guys, that's for sure. So let's talk about this, man. The Marcus Freeman, a new head coach. It's a lot of excitement around the program, Dex. A lot of excitement around the program. He recently started the legacy program in connection with former players and invite former players to be back involved with the program and to uh, come to the Blue and Gold game. It's an entire week of events leading up to the game. Uh, are you going to get a chance to get back to South Bend and participate? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely planning on catching the game this year. I got to. I've been wanting to get back for a little while, but this thing's been so tough and just been busy and just trying to do a lot. But, yeah, this year I'm definitely coming back to the game. I got to get back. I missed it just being in that stadium, feeling that energy being around the players and now like with this whole new coaching stuff i'm i'm rooting for these guys i want to see them do great 
And I want to be able to get a chance to go back and uh, just continue to motivate those guys and just continue to keep winning. Yo, with the relationship I have with this man right here, man, I've been blessed to build relationships and speak with a lot of your former teammates and a lot of guys that played for Notre Dame over the last couple of months. And, I, man, I've told Malik, you know, off the record, like, yo, the brotherhood between you guys, and you guys don't even see each other. Like, everybody's spread out in the NFL, going on in business mm-hmm. and doing other things, you know, having families and living life. But the brotherhood between you guys is absolutely amazing. And the loyalty you show to the school. Man, do you know how many times I've asked players about certain situations and they just <laughs> refuse to put Notre Dame in a negative light in any way, shape, or form? Like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I might feel this way. I might have an opinion, <laughs> but I'm not doing it. And I tell Malik all the time, like, yo, I tip my cap because this has to be one of the strongest bonds mm-hmm. from a program that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's uh, Notre Dame is a special place. Like, I feel like it's different from a lot of schools because, like, say, like a, a lot of the Florida schools, you have a lot of guys from that area. Um, you have a lot of guys from Florida, like at Oklahoma. You'll have a certain lot of guys from that state on every team, but Notre Dame is just kind of different. We didn't really have a lot of guys from Indiana, like mm-hmm. it was guys from California, guys from Chicago, surrounding areas, but. It was really guys from like all over the place. We got guys from Florida, guys like, and we all were coming together like for one common goal. And that's the same thing that guys are doing on the, at every other team. But it just like it wasn't really like a lot of guys from Indiana. And that was one thing that stood out. And it was just like we really are coming from all over the country. We got guys coming from overseas and stuff to play on our team and stuff. So it's just like it was it was unbelievable. So let's go ahead, Lee. Yeah, I do want to ask, you know, being at Notre Dame and knowing how you were trying to get to where you are today, what is it that you learned that you feel like you was where you was then and then how you are now, or what would you tell yourself? Um, it was, uh, so uh, I'm trying to figure out. That's a, that's a great question. I'm trying to figure out how can I answer that. But um, I would say, like, how things were then. I did a lot of growing up at Notre Dame. It was just like that was my – I feel like that was my stepping stone of just like maturity, that maturity stage of just being an adult. Um, just going through all the things that I went through, the good and bad at Notre Dame, it just really helped prepare me for the things later on in life. Like I sit back and tell myself and my parents every day, I was like, man, I'm so appreciative of going there because just like the things that I went through, the things that I faced and the things that I accomplished there, it just really helped me progress so much far in life right now and um just the people that i met there the connections and the people that i met outside of football um it was just it was just unbelievable it just helped me so far uh, it just helped me along the way so malik he's gonna this is gonna be difficult for him because we've asked <laughs> everybody else the same question this is gonna be tough for dex okay okay you gotta fill in the all blank right. all right fill in the blank the most talented team I played on in Notre Dame was in the year of. <laughs> Dex is on some good teams. 
I was on some good teams. I could definitely say my freshman year or my senior year, man. That's the year, my freshman year, my senior year. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. I know I didn't play a lot my freshman year, but it was just, man, that team was unbelievable. You know, you got Will, you got Malika at quarterback, you got Jalen Smith, you got uh, you can Quentin, Quentin uh, Nelson, you can just Ronnie Stanley, like these G- are all Marion, like, Josh, CJ. Yeah, we had- it was just you can just keep going down the line, down the line. Yeah, you see, like that too, team though. was so stacked. Yeah, and then the same senior thing, year was um, tough. Say that again. Your senior year was tough. It was so Miles, yeah. EQ, you, Josh, Taywan, Tay, Miles. Yeah, yeah the squad. Yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah, we had a lot of guys. So yeah, um, out of those two teams, man, it's just, it, that's it. It's kind of tough. It's kind of hard to choose. It's kind of hard to choose. So either my freshman year or my senior year in college. So, on the same breath, to stick with your senior year, you go through what you go through, you come back midway through the season. You had two impressive runs. I guess it was funny because I'm gonna ask you what was like your favorite moment, and I think most people would probably choose the touchdown run at Virginia Tech. Uh huh. But that first carry of that season against Stanford, bro. For you, so to do, for you to do what you did after everything you went through to come on the field for the first snap of the season mm-hmm. and take it to the house, that, that's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, man, I, that was – actually, that was my favorite touchdown of that year because it, it really started all the way back in January because I knew about the suspension. Way, I knew about it way back in January, and it was just like – I had to make a decision um, if I was going to let it tear me down because it was my senior year or I can make the best of it and make the best of my opportunities and continue to just look forward. So once I had got the, uh, once I had found I was going to be suspended uh, in June or well, that following season, first four game, I told my teammates, I let the team know it like that next day. I let the whole team know the next day what the situation was. I told them, but um, from that day on, I had told everybody on that team. I was like, my first play back, I'm going, I'm, I'm going for six. Like, don't, no questions at. Like, I'm going to score the first touchdown. Like, when I come back, like my first play, I'm going to score. So like that, from January on to like August, like camp going into that game, Stanford, I was preparing, like working my ass off. Excuse my language, but I was working my ass off, and I was just something. I just had to do for my team because I felt like I owed my team because of my mistakes. And it wasn't just me. I wasn't down on myself. I was already hard on myself, but I felt like I really owed my team. So just to come out and just to have them blocking for me, my O-line, making the blocks and uh, receivers blocking down the field, me just being able to have the ability to finish that play, it was just incredible. It was an incredible drive. And um, it was just a moment I'm going to never forget. So – your most frustrating loss at Notre Dame was Miami had to be. Oh, oh Miami and Clemson, Miami and Clemson, Miami and Clemson, Miami. My uh, where was my? Do you think? Let me, let, me, let me ask a tough question. Were you guys ready to play that game against Miami on the road? 
Because, I mean, you all were the better team. Oh, uh, yeah, we definitely were the better team. But I, I kind of like, man, uh, just going into that game, me, me, myself, speaking for me personally, I was ready. I was ready. Um, I was I was definitely Mr. Ray because it's just like something about coming home and playing in my hometown. And then I had a lot of friends on that team. And then I was committed to Miami. And that whole week I was getting trash talk on Twitter, trash talk on just everything. <laughs> I was getting text messages from random phone numbers and everything. So I took I was taking this game very personally. But um, when we were coming into the game, it was just like it was a whole different environment that I felt like the guys weren't used to. It's just like a different, it's a whole different ball game. For like when we were coming into the game, they actually bust out like four, 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 uh, four of our uh, bus windows, and it and it was kind of shaking. They were shaking our bus before we even got off. We couldn't even get off the bus. They were shaking some beer bottles, bust out four, four of the windows on the bus, and it was just so, it was so crazy. So it's just, I think it kind of shook a lot of the guys, but. Yeah, but it was it was a game I was ready for. I wish I could have played more, but hey, we just had a call for it. What was that season like? Because right after that game, or no, in the middle of that game is when we saw the switch from Brandon to Ian. As much talent as Brandon had, man, did was it just an inability to build the offense properly around him to emphasize his skills and his gifts? And trying to put him, you know, a square into a, a circle hole, or what was it? Just that it never got to the point where the offense was able to take that next step. Like you guys, you can mark down Notre Dame's offense with this offensive line of Brandon Winbush and the special guys, thirty-five points on average. Mm-hmm. But you had the potential from a talent standpoint to average 40, 45. Mm-hmm. What was it that held that offense under Brandon back, in your opinion? Um, I'm not – I really don't know because at the end of the day, um, quarterback, he's going to run the offense the way he wants to run. I felt like um, just him, uh, just Brandon, I just think it was just like more and more mental for him. I think it was just more mental for him. And it wasn't like – because at the end of the day, Brandon makes plays. And that's that speaks for itself. Like we've seen the incredible plays he's made throwing the ball and running the ball. But I just think it was just sometimes it was just more mental. Like um, we all know, like it's sometimes if you can get in your whole head, like you can get in your own head, it can change the whole game. So um I, I felt like sometimes it could be mental because at the end of the day he has the ability. He has the coaches to put him in a great opportunity. And he's had amazing games that uh at Notre Dame. So um, at some time, I just felt like that was just the problem. <laughs> yeah. I meant to say a square peg into a round hole. I said a circle hole. That's like <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. Dexter Williams joining us right here. So I don't know if you know this. Let me ask you this question. Can you hoop? Oh, no, man. I'm not a hooper. I'm not you a know what? Yeah, I'm not a hooper. So that sets up everything else. Because, you know, everybody <laughs> on the squad 
from like 2012 to like 2018, everybody swears they can hoop. And I'm oh, yeah, like, some hoopers. okay, now who's the hoopers. best? Who's the best hooper on the squad in your opinion? Give me your top three. Mm, top three, okay. Malik can hoop. I gotta, I gotta put Malik in there. Malik can hoop. I give Malik that. Malik can hoop. And then big guy, I gotta go with Quentin and McGlinchy. Them guys can who I'm trying to tell you, like, don't be shocked. Don't do not <laughs> do that with yeah, Quentin or McGlinchey can who. Yeah. And yeah. then um to be honest, I might I might have to go with Brandon. Brandon can hoop as well. He can hoop a little bit. He got yeah, he got Brandon. Like, yeah, but um or if not Brandon, Tavon. Tavon can actually hoop. Tavon Coleman. He can hoop a little bit too as well. I don't yeah, think I he still hooping. got it, but yeah, he can hoop a little bit. And also Chase, we all know Chase can hoop. Yeah, Chase can so, hoop. Yeah. He hoop like a Canadian though, so <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? He real fundamental. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, you know, you got the Canadian Steve Nash basketball. You know. Mm-hmm. So the Irish mm-hmm. Players Club just launched on March first. Yeah, Notre Dame players. They launched the NFT website. Seventy-eight percent of the proceeds go to the current players. It's Notre Dame players being creative, creating their own opportunity to take advantage of that image and likeness. And it's attracting the attention of recruits in the 2023 class and 2024 class. In your opinion, you know, you think it's a really good idea and we want to plug that. Make sure you go to irishplayersclub.com and check out and get into the NFTs and purchase NFTs for all the prizes and opportunities that they have available to you. What's your opinion on that and the move that's being made by the Notre Dame players? Man, I feel like this is a, a great opportunity for the Notre Dame players. And I feel like this is a great idea as well because um just say like for me, like for instance, it's like um I didn't um I didn't get a chance. Like when I was coming to those games when I was at Notre Dame, um a lot of my family didn't come to those games. So just with me and like uh, if I had the opportunity just to have that little extra money. I would have my family at the games, um, or just sometimes like the food, just getting groceries at Notre Dame, like uh, just being up there because we didn't get like uh, monthly checks and stuff like that. I had the fast food, so it was just only I have a a little, a little money uh, every semester, and I had to make it. I had to make it last and do what I had to do with it. So uh, just having that money, I felt like it creates so many opportunities. It can help guys out in a lot of ways, and also. Uh, Guys won't have to worry about money or just worry about those little things. They can focus on football. Just that's just some another way that's uh money just coming in for an athlete and they can use it however they want to use it because at the end of the day, um I feel like it's just going to create opportunities and also uh this is going to teach them how to use money right now because maybe some of these guys are not familiar with this, so they'll be able to uh make these mistakes early and learn from them. So I feel like it's a, it's a great idea. It's an idea that can help uh, these players and help any any needs that they have. Have you gotten into the NFT space and all that digital oh, yeah. currency stuff a lot? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually, uh, I actually have one of the NFT, NFT, the Notre Dame uh, NFT. 
But okay. I haven't really gotten into the whole NFT digital thing. Um, still learning about it. Still a guy who's still trying to figure it out. It's all like weird and stuff. To yeah, me, but I, I understand the, the little basics of it. But um, it's something I want to get into because I feel like it's a smart idea and there's money in it. But also it's something that's kind of like, you know, I'm on edge about because it's not real. Yeah. And uh, any day, like, you never know, like, with all these hackers and stuff, anything can just be going up. You never know. <laughs> Straight up. Now, I do want to yeah. ask you also about, uh, have you, I know you listened to that new Yak album. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, where does the Yak album rank? Because I think this is the top three right now. He's been putting up fire ever since the beginning. Oh, yeah. This number one for sure. Number one yeah. for sure. <laughs> number one for sure. I mean, back for everything, he got every, every, every one is a playthrough, to be honest. Every one, every one, every one is a playthrough. My favorite song on the album is either Omega or um, Elite Division. Uh, song, uh, Elite Division. Yeah, yeah, I like them all. I yeah. like them. Take You Back. I even I'm, get singing on that one. Yeah, the Take You what? Take You Back and have you singing your heart out. <laughs> Have you thinking about everybody in the past? Hey, that's right. That's right. That's right. For those of us in the chat that don't know, he's talking about that dude, Kodak Black. So, being a Florida boy, let's talk about it because, you know, it's, we started a day early. Usually Fridays are for the Culture Friday okay. on Lucky Lucky Podcast. Give me your top three for Florida to rep Florida. If I gave you the top three artists to put in a time capsule to explain to somebody 50 years from now the importance of Florida, South Florida specifically, and hip-hop, give me the three albums or three artists you will put in that time capsule. You said of South Florida? So just, just Florida, period. period. Florida, Florida Pier. He Orlando, so he got he like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah Florida yeah, Pier. Yeah. So I you gotta put Kodak, you gotta put Kodak Black right now. You got to, you got to. Because he's holding it down right now. And then I'm gonna go for my area. Uh for my area, my boy Glock Nine. He yeah, he he tough. He tough. Um and then uh I I say uh third uh, I'm gonna probably have to go with Hot Boy. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with mm, 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 mm. uh who can I think of? Uh, Ross would at least get a mention. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about I was thinking about Ross because you know I I mess with the Ross. Ross my motivation now. <laughs> it's kind of tough, but it, but I'm trying to you know I'm trying to stay around my area a little bit. Right, I'm trying, right, I'm trying right. to show some because you know down south they be getting a lot of love now. Yeah. They get so much love, so I had to throw Kodak in there and I give them a little love right there. But I'm gonna bring it back to Central Florida, so I'm probably gonna go Glock Nine and Hot Boy for two and three. All right, I can take that. Now, what's the love like now that you made it to the league? You made it from out the tundra, frozen tundra out of South Bend. What's the love like now you're an NFL running back for a Florida boy? 
man, it's a lot of love, man. I can't complain. Like, it's like a dream come true. Like, everywhere I go, it's just like, man, you Dexter Williams, you in the NFL. Like, man, it's crazy. It's like, it's like I'm still that 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 same guy that grew up in this a small neighborhood in all the vistas who just had a smaller dream and made it happen by the by you know by the blessings and by the people who helped me along the way and just to see like kids just kids eyes just get big when they see me or just even grown people at that it's just like man it's just kind of crazy and it's just be like people coming to me like i seen you from somewhere i see you been on tv yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They were like, "What you do? Play football?" They were like, "That's where I see you from." So, man, it's just—it's a lot of love, and it's just—it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. Now, do you get a chance to keep up with the running? Because I feel like the Notre Dame running backs is a special group. I mean, you're in the league, Josh in the league, Kyron's going to the league. Uh, you got guys all over, CJ. So. What's that relationship like with those guys, especially the running backs and Notre Dame? Do you guys stay in touch, even with even with uh, Coach Denson? Oh yeah, um, me me and Josh, we still talk. Uh, I talk to Kyron a lot. Um, I still stay in contact with CJ a little bit. Me and CJ pro size we hit each other up every now and then. Um, even Tony Jones, I forgot Tony yeah, Jones in the league right Jones, now. Yeah, Tony Smart. Jones. Yeah, Tony Jones and uh, yeah, Tony Jones. He he had a pretty good season too. He was holding it down over there at the same. Man, yeah. Tony and still hit each other up. Uh, a lot of guys. Um, I'm still in group chats with a lot of those guys from my my freshman year all the way up to my senior year. So a lot of us really stay in contact. Um, in that running back room, I feel like we was just a tight knit group. Even the ones that left Notre Dame, um, I still stay in contact with those, with them guys. So, uh, yeah, that was, it's been a special, uh, pretty, uh, it's been a special amount of groups and the groups that continue to come through there. I try to, uh, at least, uh, get, get a chance to like to talk to those guys too, because I just want to, uh, keep that energy flowing, keep that, that positive energy flowing through that running back room at Notre Dame, because at the end of the day, we made it. I just still want that legacy to continue flowing throughout that room because, uh, Whatever guys, I just whatever guys they get to go in that running back room, I want them to be able to look at that wall or look at the guys that they can't do them. But like, oh yeah, I want to be like this guy. I want to be better, better than this guy. So it's high. It's 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 some high standards in that room. But at the end of the day, um, you live up to those standards. Hey, it's it's worth it at Notre Dame, man. It's worth you it. definitely get to the league if you're a running yeah, back. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah, you you going to the league. That's for sure. <laughs> Yo, I told Dex, I told Malik, I went to cover the press conference about a month ago. And mm-hmm. uh, it was my first time coming in for the, for the media. And they let me in at the gate, uh, first gate. And I looked and I can see the field. And I'm like, yo, I started getting this feeling over me, right? And I said to myself, man. I wonder if they'll arrest me if I just take off and run down this tunnel just to get on the field. Because I'm oh, looking gosh. down the tunnel like, yo, do you know how many players have ran down this tunnel? And I just started feeling like the spec, dude, just how unique and special it is to be on that campus. Like for you, when you first walked on that campus, man, and just explain how special it is to be in South Bend and be on that campus. It's almost like being on a movie set. And they actually shot a movie there, but it's like you feel like you're on a movie set. Yeah. So the first time I actually seen the campus, the movie, 
And then um, I got a chance to go up there. Uh, I believe I, I believe I went up there before my unofficial. I went to Notre Dame for my unofficial. And it was just, like you said, it was different. It was a different energy. It was a different vibe. Um, it was it was just it was so different from a lot of these other schools. It's just like with the dorm rooms. Um, just a lot of those guys that was in those just to not besides the football team, the people that you meet inside those dorm rooms is just like great people, great connections. And then it's just like outside, it's just like the grotto. That was a place I spent a lot of my time now of doing a lot of prayers there. It's just like those little special places that you can find and just enjoy your time at Notre Dame. I feel like that's what makes it special. Um, Touchdown Jesus, just seeing that every day, just knowing like, yeah, I'm trying to get in the end zone, yeah, so that I'm trying to see Jesus in that end zone. So it was just a lot of those little things, um, just to walk going to that stadium, just seeing all the, the fans out there pulling up to the stadium, it was just like amazing just seeing all those fans out there and just the support that they get just all over. And then just being on TV every weekend, the only team that you know that's going to be on TV every weekend, it's like incredible. Like, that's why they have no problem going to Notre Dame. I knew my family was going to see me play. So it was just like little things like that was just so special. Then the education, the 4 for 40, that's what sold it for me because I knew football it can be gone in a matter of seconds. You can have a knee, you can have anything, heart, knee, just any little thing can stop you from playing this game of football. It's a high impact sport. So I was big on my education. My mom was a teacher and I was just like, I gotta get my degree once before I leave here. So uh, and we all know that degree holds weight at Notre Dame. So just those little things just that meant a lot. That's why I chose Notre Dame. Well, man, we thank you for joining us on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on. One more question. One more question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. What's your favorite jersey now that you got a collection of different jerseys? What's your favorite jersey you got? Ooh, favorite, jersey, favorite jersey. You know I got to go with one of the Shamrocks. Um, okay. I got to go this with one of the This could be league. This could be college. This could be Little League. You got a lot of jerseys in your life. But through your life, which ones were you going with? Through my life, I'm, I, I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna pick a shell. I'm. I gotta go with. I either gotta go with the all green jerseys we wore my freshman year. Oh, uh, that was Those jerseys, those was tough. I felt like a super. I felt like a Power Ranger. Yeah, like, no lie. I felt like I was Power Ranger. Either that or I say the New York Yankees, just because of baseball style, like that's so different okay. on the football uniform. I felt like that was so unique and different. And then I was wearing the number two. And, you know, I was feeling like Derrick G to that game. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, it was special. Like, it was special for me. All right. So, yeah. No doubt. So, man, like you said, man, we thank you for joining us. As always, is there anything you like to plug, anything you're doing? I know you're still doing your apparel. Oh yeah, I still had a feed back to curl. Um I'm actually having a camp June 9th through the eleventh. I keep uh, keep you guys uh updated about that. It's gonna be here in uh, Central Florida. So it's gonna be my first camp. So this is big news for me. And also, um yeah, I just want everybody to continue to just uh continue to just keep pushing out there. If you're watching this, I hope you find some little motivation, something you can take with you. You just enjoy this and I appreciate you guys for having me on this podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Enjoy my time. So, and um, 
That's hard. Yo, before we, we have to ask him, because I heard you and Amir talking about Frankie so hard. What was your go-to <laughs> spot? Like when you had something and you went out and got something to eat in South Bend, what was your go-to spot? Oh, um, Linden Grill. That was my. That oh, was Linden my Grill was good. What? <laughs> uh, Valentine's <laughs> was that? I, mean, I used to stay in Linden Grill at least twice or three times a week. That was my spot. Linden Grill. Got check out Linden Grill. I'm trying to Linden Grill. Okay, I'm Linden having to check Grill. it out. I'll be up in Linden the bin in like two weeks. Man, I see you see, I didn't take no time. I didn't waste no time. That's no, you didn't. Can't. No, time. no time. <laughs> Dex, man, we'll have you back on soon. Continue health, continue wealth, continue success to you and your family, man. And uh, we'll talk to you sometime right before the season. Thanks, Thank Juice. You, Thank you. I appreciate y'all. God bless. Same to you. Oh, 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 oh,